0: What are we discussing on today's podcast, Who ask? Well, we got Nash Walker of the Reno Aces, broadcaster on the podcast today. Talk about his background, his career, and tell us which d prospects should we be excited about, who might get called up soon, and who we should keep our eye on for the rest of the season. All on today's Locked on Diamondbacks podcast.
1: You are locked on Diamondbacks.
0: Welcome into the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the Game Time app, create an account and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Teed. I'm Miller Thomas, multimedia journalist and graphic designer. So please go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. And there you can see all my latest work, from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at creatorthomas24 for my personal account. Or look up Locked on Dimebacks both Twitter, Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course... Thank you for making Locked on Dimebacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms. So please continue to tell your friends. And one of those platforms is YouTube. So please hit subscribe on the Locked on Dimebacks YouTube channel. But without further ado, to talk about the Reno Aces, which prospects we need to look out for, let's talk to broadcaster for the Aces,
1: Nash Walker. Nash, how are you today, sir? Miller, I'm doing great. Crush the intro. Mine was never that long. Yours is so great. Mine was just... Thanks for making Lockdown Twins your first listen. Then we dive into it. But yours is great. Yes, follow Millard. Um, I'm doing well. It's good to see you finally. This is our first crossover ever, which is crazy after all the years. But I guess because now we have a balanced schedule. So mm-hmm. the Twins will play the D-backs this year. We would have done it, but they had never played the D-backs, at least when I since I hosted. So we never crossed over. But I'm so glad we are now in a different context.
0: Yeah, for the listeners that are confused, Nash used to be the (laughs) Locked On Twins. I don't know if he said that yet. So they're like, what is he talking about right now? Nash used to be the Locked On Twins. How how long did you do that for?
1: Yeah, I did that uh, 2019 all the way up until my last day was uh, the end of February this year. So I did that 800, I think it was 850 episodes. uh, Really long. Yeah, every single day. Twins, they had a losing record with me as host. And (laughs) they were 0-2 in the playoffs. But I loved every second of it, and you know that too. Like no yes. matter what, we love doing it, and I love doing it. Even though the twins didn't have much success when I was hosting.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a grind sometimes when your team isn't playing well, and they're you know you go through the lull of the season, especially when you get to like the summer months, and you're like, man, we still got another couple months of baseball here, and our team is nowhere near it in the playoff <laughs> race. Sure. Kinda, that's when it's kind of tough to talk about, uh, you know, content and standings, but. With the D-backs playing well right now, it's very easy and very motivating to get on the mic every day and be like, man, I want to talk some D-backs baseball. I want to get into it. But for this podcast, you know, we're going to dive into a whole bunch of areas. We're going to talk about prospects. But before we get there, Nash, we need to... Talk a little bit about you and get to know Nash Walker, the broadcaster for the <laughs> Reno Aces. And the first question I always like to ask people who like to do this line of work and is you know in sports is just why? Why did you choose baseball? Why are you working in sports? Why are you becoming a broadcaster and doing all the things they do? What's your motivation behind that?
1: I've always loved baseball. I know it's such a cliche answer. Yeah. I love baseball, of course. I love baseball. I love baseball because. I love the day to day that it's every single day, because I think that's how I kind of view life in a, in a certain way. Like you're going to have bad days. There's going to be days where you're not feeling great, but you're going to go play. You're going to go play the next morning. Like the, the aces today, we had a game at 1105 and last night they played at 635. So we had such a quick turnaround and you just, you can't even catch your breath. Like we're playing, we're playing the next day. I love that about baseball. I love that in baseball, like in major league baseball and just baseball in general, the best team is usually going to come out on top at the end of a regular season. I love that. It's a long season. I love that. It's a large sample. Uh, And again, I love that. It's every day. I love that. It's every day, love being at the park. And I fell in love with it when I was young. And then I think I just found a niche in it. I found when I was creating content and doing lockdown twins and like following the twins, I just found like a passion in doing content for it as well. And then I've always wanted to do broadcasting and this came up and now uh, I'm with Kevin DiDomenico, who's the voice of the aces. And we're in the booth together every day. And it's like, it's just so, so cool that it's come to this point. Um, But yeah, I've always loved baseball. I've just gotten super lucky, like to have locked on and now to be in Reno. It's blessed me in so many ways.
0: Yeah. And to be in the line of industry and sports, like you got to have a passion for what you do, right? It's a grind. And especially in baseball, like you talk about you're doing it basically every day. You're working, you're covering a game. You're doing some kind of behind the scenes. You're doing something for baseball every single day. Once you're in season and it gets, you know, it's a real grind and it gets pretty long at times, but at the end of the day, you're covering sports. You're just watching baseball, talking about baseball. It's like, pretty gratifying that we get to do this at the end of the day. So I would try not to complain um, because it's always
1: like, I love what I do too. You're so going to have days like we're going to have days where yeah. you're not feeling it. And that's fine too. Like you're not going to love it every day, but most days we do. That's the yeah,
0: thing. No one wants to hear the guy complain about, man, you had to watch a baseball game last night to talk about it, man, you got <laughs> right. a tough life. So no one wants to hear those complaints, but how do you think the transition has been from going to the booth? Cause I'm sure you probably had some, um, broadcasting experience before doing the podcasting stuff but what has that transition been like talking you know for 30 minutes five days a week to now covering a
1: game for i don't know how long arena aces game i'm assuming it's at least two and a half hours like me you know you know pcl <laughs> yeah. Miller. you know PCL. yeah you know what it actually helps you with is like the pregame show like the intro and then the outro like the post-game show and then i think what doing the podcast helps you with like if you were to call a game tomorrow i think you would even notice like this helps me fill space because that's what we do. We're space fillers on a podcast. When you're talking, you're finding things to say, you're searching your brain, it's quick. That's the the tool that you're building is you're quick. What, What can I find right here, right now and say it right in this moment? And that's what we do. And that's what you do every day. That's what I did every day. So when I'm in the booth and I need something quick, I think that muscle in my brain was built so much through lockdown, doing it every day. Because you probably sit there sometimes, you're like, "Ooh, I don't want to say the same thing over again. I need to think of something yeah. new. I need to think of another way to present this. I need to use a different word." And that's the same in in broadcasting as well. Whether I'm like doing play by play or I'm color for Kevin, I'm always racking, looking for things. And I think that skill was refined completely doing lockdown every day. It's it's just so, it's so repetitive, and and that that muscle strengthens over time.
0: Uh, yeah because doing the podcast every day i found like when i first started the podcast i felt like i did probably too much freestyling where i would just come on and then it's like i, I don't really do a lot of prep and then i'm just trying to talk and like fill space right. for six minutes but once you get a little prep behind you once you get the reps behind you in that experience it's like okay i could go in any different direction i want i could hit multiple angles and sometimes you don't even need the prep sometimes you're just like i have everything i want lined up in my head after doing it You like you said you're at 850 right. plus episodes i think you still got like 100 plus episodes on me so i'm gotta i'm still <laughs> (laughs) climb it to reach my you'll get there (laughs) yeah it's it's a lot for sure and we'll definitely get there probably one day but ultimately like where do you want to end up is being a podcaster broadcaster like what ultimately do you want to do with your career could you see yourself full-time as a play-by-play guy could you see yourself maybe starting a second podcast company maybe
1: you say screw locked on i'm trying to start my own rival podcast (laughs) it would never be screw locked (laughs) on it would never be screw locked on so right (laughs) now i'm the number two so i do color for the first 3 innings I do play by play for 4 through 6 and then I do color 7 through 9 for home games for the Aces and I love that. I love working with Kevin. I love the Aces. I love working there. I think my dream has been for a while now to to work for the Twins and do play by play for the Twins. Like that's my ultimate dream. If I if everything else fell into place, everything went right, that's what I will be doing either on the radio or TV one day. But I don't want to put myself in a box either. This role is changing. It's a multimedia role. And you've seen that too. You got to be able to do a lot of different things. And content creation is is something I did with Locked On. And it's something I'm doing now. And it's something I did in college. And I'll continue to do that because you have to have that skill. I also think like a pregame, postgame show, a host of that I could see myself doing. So I'm really not... I'm not constrained to doing play-by-play. I love doing play-by-play, but I just love being on air. I love to to record and I love to talk and I love to chop it up with, about baseball. And I always used to say, I don't know if you feel this way, about locked on. The best part is like people interacting with you and people just mm-hmm. talking twins. It's like you're having a conversation. It's a D-backs conversation. We're just talking D-backs. And when I listen to you, I feel like I'm having a conversation just about the team. That's what I want to do. And whether that's broadcasting on a pregame show podcast, whatever it is, that's what I'm looking to do. I, I think that's ultimately my goal in whatever form that it comes in.
0: Yeah. And that's why I like doing the podcast. I love doing these crossovers and just talking to people and picking their brain because everyone views sports differently. Like we might have consensus of like who the best players in the sport are, but like if you ask a hundred people to give you a different take, everyone's going to have a different take. And some people might think, you know, a certain someone has a hot take or something like that, but everyone just views sports through their own prism and views it differently. So it's like, no one actually has a hot take when it comes to sports. Maybe there's a consensus or majority that feels one way when it comes to opinion, but that's why I love doing this stuff, picking people's brains and seeing how, Different people view things through their prisms and through their own experiences in life. So I do love that about podcasting. But Nash, we're going to talk a little bit about prospects here pretty soon. And Nash is going to help us talk about which prospects we need to keep our eye on for for the 2023 season. But if you need help canceling your subscription, you need to add to Rocket Money. Because did Rocket Money alert you to change in your spending or subscriptions that saved you money? Because... Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about, and chances are you're one of them, like that Starz app to just watch that one show or that free gaming trial you never actually use. Rocket Money will quickly and easily find your subscriptions for you. And for any you don't want to pay for anymore, you just hit cancel and Rocket Money will cancel it for you. It's that easy. Rocket Money also helps you manage all your finances in one place and automatically categorize your expenses so you can quickly track your budget in real time and also get alerted if anything looks off. Stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB. That's rocketmoney.com slash MLB. Rocketmoney.com slash MLB. Got to say it three times. <laughs> and also, we got another sponsor, but for this one, I got to pull up the MLB overlay because we also got game time to discuss because buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful game time is the place for last minute ticket deals forget planning months in advance game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football basketball baseball concerts comedy theater and more the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less Game time will credit you a hundred and ten percent of the difference. So snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code locked on MLB for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply again. Create an account and redeem code locked on MLB for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Now that we got the ad out the way, let's get back into the podcast. Here we're at Reno ACID broadcaster Nash Walker and former Locked On Twins host. Do you still check on,
1: on the Locked On Twins? Still oh yeah. Oh yeah. It becomes your baby. It becomes your baby. <laughs> yeah. Like that That show is my baby. I'm always gonna keep tabs. Like I'm always keeping up with it, seeing what's going on. And Brandon Warren is uh he's hosting Locked On Twins now. We did postcast together last year. He's okay. Host now, so yes, yes, I'm keeping tabs for sure.
0: I don't know what I would do if I left locked, locked on D backs. I feel like I would need like a little bit of break. I feel like I would need a step <laughs> yeah, away yeah. to be like, okay, I'm just gonna let him rock or she rock and just let them do it for a little bit. And yeah. Maybe not even tune in just to see, just just to get a little bit of a reprieve from it. But let's get back into just talking about some prospects and talking about you, Nash, because I just I'm a little bit curious. Like, what was your relation like relationship like with minor league baseball before you came over to the Reno Aces? Were you someone that like Kept track with it because I feel like the younger version of me back when I was like a young baseball fan, like 10 years old, I felt like I used to keep track on all the prospects. I knew who was coming through the system. I used to get really hype about every guy that was being called up. And then as I got older, I was like, most of these guys don't pan out. It's probably more of a waste of time to follow all these prospects when maybe one or two of your top 30 guys is really going to pan out. So what has
1: your relationship with minor league baseball been
0: like over the years?
1: Not like that when I was young. I mean, I didn't keep up uh, with the minors when I was young. Like I would watch the Twins. I knew Byron Buxton, and Miguel Sano were top prospects, mm-hmm. but I didn't. I didn't keep up with it uh, like you did. I would say like it's the opposite. As I got older, I started to follow mm-hmm. it more. But when I hosted the podcast in 2021, Twins were so bad. They had like a historically bad April, historically bad beginning to the season, and uh, we became like a prospect show. So I followed mm-hmm. the miners really closely watch minor league games, like keep up with prospects. They traded major league players at the deadline for prospects. So I, I got involved. Then I always knew like, I'm going to call minor league baseball. So I was, mm-hmm. I was in tune with that. Uh, as far as the aces, I had never heard of Reno, the city. I think I knew it was in Nevada, but I didn't know. I'd never heard of, of Reno. I don't think at all. I guess I wouldn't have known it was in Nevada. Even I didn't know, but it came together. And, um, yeah, I didn't know a ton about the D-backs system either. I mean, I've mm-hmm. I've learned so much and now I feel like I know so much about the system like top to bottom in some ways after just a month of being here because that's life here and that's what we do every day. I mean, we're doing this legitimately every day. If you think yeah. of what a baseball job looks like, what our office looks like in for the aces, it's like ACEs baseball. That's what we do. Like I'm, I'm researching, I'm learning about these players. I know Amarillo, I know Hillsborough, like, I know yeah. what's going on and we do updates on the broadcast and that's, that's become my life now at work. So I'm like super passionate about the D bag system. Now I, I really am. Like I think about these prospects, you get to know these guys too. Like I've gotten to meet these guys and, and you cheer for them, but I feel like I'm, I'm passionate about the D bag system. I really want to see them succeed in a lot of ways.
0: And you got there at the perfect time, right? When the D-back system is kind of peaking, a lot of the top guys are being graduated while some of the other top guys are starting to be moved to AAA. And so it's like, you just got this perfect culmination of really elite talent right now in the farm system for the D-backs that will hopefully start to get groomed over the next couple of years on the major league system. So right now it's like the perfect time. If you were to go work with the D-backs minor league team, like you probably couldn't have picked a better time to go join the Reno aces. And I just feel like minor league baseball as i got older like i said i just feel like i probably haven't watched it as closely just because i've seen all those trades where you trade your superstar player for a couple prospects and the prospects never work out so i feel right. like that's why i kind of fell off a little bit with my love with the prospects and everything like that but as i've started doing this pod i think i've gotten really back into it and also like anytime you do a podcast about prospects like it usually does numbers on uh, people, love hope. Yeah. Yeah, people, love, people hope. love hope that's that's a big thing yeah they love hope. So that's why I'm like, I'm always down to talk prospects. We always bring on the lockdown. That will be prospects guy, Lindsey Crosby, because he's a prospect encyclopedia when it comes to the, these things. And he could just break down every prospect in your minor league system, which is just absolutely crazy. They could do that. But what do you think? You know, now that you've been there for a little bit, what do you think about the ballpark for Reno Aces? Because oh, I, I always it. feel like yeah, I always feel like the pitching prospects like. No matter how good they are, they always get a little bit shelled down there while the hitters, it's probably more of like a hitter-friendly ballpark. So what what is it about the Reno Aces ballpark that's like more hitter friendly than pitcher friendly?
1: It's been such a like Millard, this has been like the biggest topic in the booth, honestly. Really. Like for example, Tommy Henry pitched really well last night. Mm-hmm. Like he was spotting everything. I thought he looked great. I kept saying, like, Tommy looks awesome tonight, but he gave up 500 runs. So if you <laughs> really? look at the stat, if you look at the stat line, you're like, oh. That wasn't so good for Tommy Henry last night. If you were to look, like if you had watched the game and and you just looked, you wouldn't know. But there's a jet stream in right field. So if a ball is hit to right field, like Kevin and I laugh about it because we'll see a ball go up. And it was cold this week. It's cold this week. So this series with Sacramento, we haven't seen as much power at all. Uh, We're probably getting like an actual baseline of what it would look like in a normal league this week. But there's a jet stream in right. So like any left-handed hitter who pulls a ball to right field, the ball will just – it just carries out onto the berm. And oh, then, okay. yeah, it, it's uh, – Keith Lawson it's like pitching on the moon here. And I've oh, seen so. that. I mean, we've had some monster offensive outputs in the first weekend. <laughs> this week, as I said, it's been a little bit less. But even 8-6 today, I mean, that's feels like low scoring for the aces. Tommy pitched great last night, gave up five earned runs. I thought Blake Walson looked good today. Like he, he struggled a little bit early and then he found his command. In in the second and third inning, but even he, I mean, he gave up I think three earned runs today and four and two thirds. So this this you can't scout the stat line with this ballpark. I love it, but it's deceiving when you look at these pitchers. But it also speaks to Brandon Fott last year mm-hmm. and how good he was and how good he's been to pitch and have I think he had a 2.63 ERA last year with great strikeout numbers at AAA to pitch the way that he did in this league. Having a 263 ERA is having like a 120 ERA in the PCL and and any other league. So it also speaks to if you have success and you have a sub four ERA, even in the PCL, that that is big. I mean, that's that's significant, I think, for any ace who's on the mound.
0: Yeah, because I get all, like, the post-game notes and, like, that stuff from um you and Adam, like, after the games. I remember seeing it from yesterday. It was, like, Tommy Henry lit it up, nine strikeouts Yeah. And stuff. But I didn't even realize he gave up the five earned runs just because <laughs> yeah. you go on, like, the RenoAces.com, you just sort all the stats for pitchers. You're like, oh, my God, everyone's got, like, a seven-plus right. ERA. array. They like, do, yeah. Like, what's going down there at AAA? Or, you know, what's going on with the coaching staff down there? But, yeah, like you said, it's more of the elevation. Cause I also think Reno's, like – very high. I think yeah. it's like two plus two thousand or something when it comes to elevation as well. So it's like yep. it's just crazy out there. It just you're you're it's like Coors Field basically in Reno, um, which is insane. So it's good for the position players, but it's not too good for the pitchers. But also, I, I do you think that affects like how we view these guys? Like, do you think because these pitchers have worse ERAs that we're like looking down on them a little bit, or like maybe a position player looks better than he actually is because he's playing in that environment where he has like a three fifty average or something
1: like that. Yes. I mean, Tyler Gilbert's a good example of that, right? Like better in the majors than he is in Reno and he's been that way. And that's, that can happen. I think for a hitter and we're going to get, we can get into some guys too, who have really stuck out to me. Like the guys, I think D-backs fans should be excited about for a hitter. I'm looking at approach. I'm looking at like, how, how are you taking it at bat? I'm not as concerned with you fly a ball to right field and it finds a way out. I, I do look at like exit Velo. I'm looking at, the barrels, I'm looking at all of that for these guys much more than results at times. So, yes, I agree. I think it's deceiving for both. I think it's deceiving for pitchers. Tommy, he was spotting it up last night. I think it's deceiving for hitters, might get caught in the jet stream and that really impacts your numbers, you know, and then you might get to Arizona and it's not the same. I think it goes both ways. I think I'm looking at approach and there are certain guys I've watched who their approach has matched their results. Sometimes it doesn't in either direction. But I think they that's what I'm watching, and I'm seeing how the ball comes off their bat and defensively how they look because there's a lot of balls in play in this league too. And that's, that's more my focus than results, I think, for, for pitchers and hitters, honestly. And we're going to get into
0: some of those guys that you think are going to be really interesting for the Reno Aces this season that could potentially be called up and be perfect fits for the D-backs in the future. But if you want to be a GM and build a perfect roster for your team, you need to download the Pro Baseball GM app because Pro Baseball GM is the coolest game I've played in a long time. I've always thought I could be a great Major League GM. But as it turns out, it's really not all that easy. If you've had the same thought and you fantasize about managing your own franchise, go and download Pro Baseball GM immediately. The game allows you to manage every strategic aspect of a franchise, playing through seasons and leading your franchise and fans to glory as you build a historic dynasty. In the simulation, you're responsible for hiring the right coaches and staff, scouting and drafting players, navigating your franchise through free agency, and all the ups and downs of the season. All this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Baseball GM is completely free and playable offline, playing the go, and as you want and when you want to. That's why I love it. Me and the other Lockdown hosts are in competition, and I'm right now kicking their but I got my Phoenix Pirates. We're in first place, and I think I'm taking home the prize. So, locked on Dimebacks listeners, get a hundred percent free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in the game store. So make sure to check it out to download the game. Just visit ProBaseballGM.com, scan the code, or look it up on the App Store. That's ProBaseballGM.com. Ultimate Baseball GM. Start your dynasty today. No more ads for this podcast. Let's get back into it. Let's do some fi- some rapid-fire questions, Nash, about the prospects for the d this season. And let's see, where should we start? Let's start here. What's the big-name d prospect that we have to watch out for for the Reno Aces?
1: It stuck out to me from the beginning, uh, Blaze Alexander. I think okay. from, from day one here, I love his approach. He's looked good at short. He left early today. He got hit in the helmet with a pitch, uh, hope he's okay. I exited early. Phillip Evans took his spot at third. But he has been tremendous over the last like five or six games. I think he's somebody who takes great at-bats. When I speak to approach and like the quality of at-bat, he's drawing walks. He's deep in every single count, it feels like. And then he's driving the ball with authority. And it's it, today is a good example. He took two sliders. It's ABS, automatic ball system, for those who don't know. It's automatic... Umpire basically, he took mm. two sliders that look maybe off the plate, like he's really locked in. Took two sliders, he was frustrated, took a timeout, battled back, and then he laced the slider to center for a hit. I think it was a full count, and that was that speaks to his ability and, and how good he's looked. So, I think Blaze Alexander, everybody's talking about Jordan Lawler as the shortstop yeah. prospect. I think Blaze mm. Alexander is just sitting there and he's looked fantastic. He was someone that was on my radar
0: during spring training because I'm always, I guess probably a little bit more down on Perdomo and Nick Ahmed than I should be Um, so far to start the season. They've been absolutely phenomenal, but coming into the year, I was like, you know, Perdomo didn't have a great year last year. I don't know what Nick Ahmed is going to look like off injury. If both those guys struggle. I'm like, maybe we give this guy plays Alexander a chance. who's like 21 years old and super raw and super talented. So I love that call, but you just triggered a question. That I do have Nash. I want to know how you feel about the electronic umps and the new rules. <laughs> rules in Major League Baseball because I think pretty soon we're going to get the electronic umps on the Major League level and I love the new rules so far I'm pro pitch clock I'm pro bigger bases or whatever I'm pro the the throwing over to first the pickoff rule. so how do you feel about the new rules in Major League Baseball and how do you feel about the electronic strike zone eventually coming to Major League Baseball as well
1: I think the PCL without a pitch clock Miller would be, I feel bad for those who had (laughs) dealt with that speeds up these games. They're always high scoring games. So yes, I'm on board with that. Uh, The, the automatic strike zone. You don't even notice really. Like when you're watching it's so quick and that was a pleasant surprise. I was talking to Kevin today about that. It's a pleasant surprise. I thought there was going to be a delay because I've never called a game with the automatic Mm -hmm. umpire, but it's super quick. It's, it's right away. You get the call. I'm in favor of it. I haven't even noticed it, Um, so the concerns I had with it are not validated here in the first two weeks of action. Like, does anyone even argue balls and strikes with the with the automatic? Yeah, I think people are confused in the stands; like they forget, people don't know. But the players, (laughs) I think, sometimes get frustrated. They'll be like, "Ooh!" But it's just like you would see otherwise, right? It's Mm -hmm. they get frustrated with a human umpire as well, and so it goes both ways. Uh, I think. I think it's it it works and I think I have been pleasantly surprised by the speed at which it works.
0: Okay. I'm so pro electronic strike zone just because I've heard how much is taken off the time of the game in the minor leagues. And we're already minus 30 minutes in the major leagues with the new rules. I can only imagine yep. once we add that electronic strike zone, you get, you, you take away the delay, you take all the, the arguments that you could have had away. Maybe that takes off like another 10 minutes, like eventually our baseball game is going to be like two hour exhibitions. Like it's honestly going to blow my mind how quickly these games are going to fly by once we add some more new rules. But which player is like a dark horse guy who's sneaky that's maybe not as talked about as some of the other guys, maybe not a top 10 guy, but someone that's sneaky good that you think has a great chance of being called up someday.
1: couple of names for you. Jorge Barosa made his AAA debut yesterday, and I'm just I'm gung ho on him. I'm all in on him fielder. he started in center last night and and fletch started in right i'm super excited about barossa i think on this team switch hitter you know the d-back system so many left-handed hitters and then the corners in yeah. the outfield to have barossa who can bat from both sides he hit ninth last night such a luxury for blake lolly in that lineup and i think d-backs fans should keep an eye on him and then on the pitching slide pitching side i was gonna say slide Slade seccone <laughs> Slade seccone started the other day i think he started two days ago uh just death on righties, death on righties through his minor league career now. Can get mid 90s with a fastball. He was touching 95. Good sharp slider. Still got to refine to get lefties out. But I think at the very least, Slate Siccone could be like 96, 97 out of the bullpen, spotting him up against right-handed hitters. I love his stuff. Looked great the other night. Uh, the Miami product. And I, I think Slate is a guy you got to keep an eye on as well. Just stuff-wise. And then in the bullpen. Justin Martinez, it has not been an easy go. <laughs> it's not been an easy go. If you look at the box score, I think he walked three or four last night, but his stuff is premium. A, premium stuff, fastball at 100. We saw like 101, I think, on opening day. The splitter, the slider was great. He pitched today again. Slider's fantastic. He's getting squeezed a little bit by that ABS, and it's impacted his last couple outings. But if he ever like puts it together for an at-bat when he does – it is the most electric at bat you're going to see from a reliever. And I love his like moxie. Like I'm Justin Martinez. Like he's just, he gets it. Like he's just cool. I love him. Uh, Love watching him pitch. And I think he's a guy you got to keep an eye on.
0: And he was someone that I think had a pretty good spring training with the D-backs, and he was on my short list of if guys in the bullpen go down, maybe he's someone that could be one of the first names called up um, for the Major League uh, season if, you know, there were some injuries in the bullpen. So he is someone that I have been keeping my eye on in the minor leagues. But someone that, you know, is going to get probably the most talked about – acclaim among D-backs prospects this season outside of like a Jordan Lawler is Brandon Fott, who is, I, I used to say his name is fat. It's Fott. I'm pretty sure. Right. Fott. Fott. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I used to think it was fat until someone told me, I was like, okay, I guess I've been saying it wrong this whole time. Um, <laughs> How do you think he's looked so far? And do you think he, cause I do think he could get a cup of coffee with the D-backs this season because last year I think he could get like the Corbin Carroll treatment where maybe he gets called up post all-star break. Maybe it's like an August, September call up or whatever, but I do think this is someone that could be major league ready this season, could have a
1: cup of coffee with the D backs this season, but how do you think he's looked so far in your time with Reno? I don't think there's any question about that Millard at all. I think absolutely. He, he could pitch for the D backs this year. The most impressive thing about him to me so far, is he gave up, I think, four homers in his first start, and that was at yeah. home to the Aviators. The most impressive, that's not the most impressive thing. <laughs> the most impressive thing is what comes next. He gives up homers, and I read this about him coming into the season, I hadn't seen him pitch. He gives up homers, he just continues to attack. Like, he trusts his stuff, he trusts his fastball, he's fastball heavy, he's going to pound the zone, fastball's up and into lefties, he is cutting action, and then the, the difference for him is going to be you know, how does the slider come along? Can he add velocity to the slider? Can he add more break, you know, horizontal break to the slider? Because if he just does that a little bit with how good his fastball plays, he's going to be, I think, at least a mid-rotation starter in the big leagues. I think I've been impressed what we've seen, even though that first start was rough. He was great in Tacoma. I love how he pounds the zone. Pounds the zone, he attacks, and I completely agree with you. He's, a, he's also lauded as like a quick learner and i think mm-hmm. that that is going to help him because he does need to refine his secondaries a little bit more his fastball is outstanding
0: yeah and after the season he had last year i mean everyone just tantalized by his talent and just anticipating when he's going to get called up because he had what 200 strikeouts for the first time since like matt moore in like 2011
1: yeah. he Morrison, had- yeah, it was most in a minor league season uh in 20 years and he's going to pitch tomorrow and it is a marquee matchup kyle harrison is one of the best pitching prospects in baseball and the Giants org. He's going to start tomorrow and it's going to be Brandon Fott, Kyle Harrison. We're super excited for that. So
0: just a general take, what's your outlook for the Reno aces this season? I know they started a little bit slow, but again, if your pitchers are going to give up home runs because of the stadium, they play, in, it's going to be hard to win games someday. So what's your outlook for the Reno aces
1: this year? Yeah. So they have, they have some bets you're going to see uh, in Arizona this year. Paven Smith already is back up, yeah. but Diego Castillo, Emmanuel Rivera, uh, Philip Evans. They have plenty of guys who are major league players, which is very helpful. <laughs> That's going to help them. We don't know how long they're going to be here, but the, they're very good players. And then they're younger. They're younger guys too offensively blaze a uh, dominant Canzone has three extra base hits in the last two days. He, the ball explodes off his bat. So he's another one I would mention is like a sleeper candidate left-handed hitter. There's so many of them in that system. I think the mix of them offensively is, is, Enough to score a lot of runs. And we've seen it at times, just not consistently. Dominic Fletcher as well, trying to get him going at the top of the order. That would help a ton for this lineup. And then the pitching staff, you have fought. Tommy Henry was over 100 innings with an ERA at 374, I think it was last year. You have Saccone, who I really like. You have Tyler Gilbert, who's a major league pitcher. Peter Solomon is up now with the D backs, but he was here. There's plenty there. Blake Walston is, I think, 21. He started today. He's already up at triple a for good reason. So there's a lot there. The bullpen has been a problem throwing strikes has been a problem for the bullpen, but the stuff is, is exceptional back there. And I think now Carlos Vargas is, is in Reno as well. It just adds to that, that dynamic group. I think the aces are going to be good. They won the PCL last year, ton of talent. Just got to throw strikes, got to attack. And I think they'll get back on track. It's been a slow, slow, slow start to the season. Yeah, Blake is probably the
0: next like rotation potential piece that I'm going to be looking at, keeping my eye on for the rest of the Reno Aces this season. But Nash, our first of many crossovers that we're going to do this season. I you know, we were talking before the podcast. I messed up. I forgot to make the graphic with your socials and everything. So
1: <laughs> please plug where the people can find you online. Yeah, you can follow me at Nash Walker9 on Twitter, but you gotta follow Millard first. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you're following Millard, like the YouTube. Yeah, I'll be here. So I'm gonna give you updates and if you ever have questions to like, shoot them at Miller. I, I don't know, Miller, and I'm not going to speak for you, if you don't want people <laughs> your DMs, but shoot them at Miller to any prospect questions you might have of aces, uh, even sob poodles too. Like I'm in mm-hmm. this org now and, and Millard's covering it too. So, I mean, I'm excited. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Send all your prospect questions this way. We're going to be, yeah, let's do it. I mean, we're chopping up and, and I want Miller's opinion too on, on these guys. Like I want you to be able to give that back. And I think it'll be a great, great little thing we do.
0: Well, Nash, thank you for hopping on this podcast today. And we're definitely going to be doing more crossovers in the future. Have a good day, sir.